Okay. I love it when I completely wing an episode because I have no fucking clue what I'm about to say. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. I feel like we're kind of on a roll with books that both Sav and I like, but before we get into 1111 by Michaela Smeltzer, Sav, how are you? First of all, I wouldn't say we're on a roll, because I don't know how I felt about Madam at the end of the day. I'm not sure that that was like for me, but it was fun to talk about. Yeah, like there hasn't been any books so far this year where we're just like, we can't, we can't have an episode. Well, because now we know what to avoid. We don't read about first responders. We don't, we have like such a list of things that we cannot read together now. Yeah, no first responders. Michaela Smeltzer can write a man. And that is all I will say. But like, before we start talking about this book, if I had to picture a perfect man, he'd be written by this woman. Yes. And if you guys really enjoyed 1111, so we have an episode on Broken Boys Can't Love, and that's a part of her boys series. I I think I read, like, a book a day in that series. So fucking Like, good. those men were so fucking good. I have a question for you, because I've been up against this a lot recently, because I've been, like, making new friends, Okay. When people ask you, when they figure out that you have a podcast and they say, what's your podcast about? How do you respond to that question? Because I think I've cracked the code. I say books. That's all you say? Yeah, I say books. Okay, last week this girl was like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I was like, let me set the scene for you. You read a filthy, spicy romance book. So you call your bestie and you're like, let me tell you every single part about it and let me also get into the filthy dirty spice but then you wrap that conversation up and then you're like oh well what'd you eat for breakfast this morning and she asks you what are you doing with your band later and then it's like oh did you see this drama happening on tiktok i was like that's our podcast basically in a nutshell that really is because people are always like what's your podcast about i'm like Hmm. Good, good question especially if I'm at work like yeah I'm not really sure I, I say books and I just scurry along like we actually read um nonfiction. we do literature reviews <laughs> speaking of literature reviews I know that you have written a literature review before have you or you like know what a literature review is yeah like I do have a master's degree yeah <laughs> Well, if you know what literature reviews are, they're god-awful. So we have a literature review assignment due in one of my classes, okay? The professor takes the whole two hours and 45 minutes yesterday walking us through how to build a literature review. Were you like, I thought I I am a PhD (laughs) I thought I was going to die. You know what? Some shit, I've been having this problem recently. Like, some shit could have been an email. Like, we didn't have to have a meeting. Yeah, that would have been the class that I personally would have liked to skip. You shut up. (laughs) You know I'm team always skip a class. That is true. My, can I, okay, so you're sharing your tea, your work tea. My work tea is, I think it's safe to say this, because I don't think anybody that I work with is going to listen to this. 
Should I spell it? If you want to. Okay. I work with this girl and I really enjoy the absolute hell out of her. She is a delight. She is fresh out of school. Okay. There's only three people on in my organization, like in my job that are fresh out of school. It's them. And then it's me. Like I am the next youngest person. Okay. This bitch treats me like I'm 34. I literally yesterday, I was like, I am the same age as you. I am. She was like, well, you know, you're just like older. And I was like, I'm not fucking older. I'm the same age as you. Like, what the fuck? Don't put me in that box. I'm not 30. Like, I'm young and hip. Fuck you. My students. So um, we are talking about like voting. And so we're talking about like voter turnout. And like, there's like different, you know, eight different age groups, like voter turnout. So the first age group is 18 to 29, right? And so I'm like, okay, so like I am in the same age group as you guys, 18 to 29. So at my age is supposed to vote the same way statistically as your age. And they're like, you're in the same bracket as us. And I'm like, listen, listen. Like, first of all, <laughs> I had a slick back ponytail last week. Like I, my hair was dirty. I was yeah. back and I had on gold hoops and she was like, look at you being with the times. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Are you fucking kidding me? I can't rock a slick back without being accused of being 34 years old. I'm so mad. That would send me. One thing that I do have coming up that I feel like does age me a little bit is on Thursday. So I'm taking like a like a qualitative like class. Like when you take data, that's not numbers. And so on Thursday, we have an archival training. And like the library, so it's like a three-hour training about like how to look through archives and like different images. You get to wear the little gloves. Yes, and like the newspapers and like look through like different archives that they have and like the tenth floor of the library, so where all the dust is. So I am very excited for that. Oh, that's fun. I don't think that ages you. I think that's just like let people enjoy things. Yeah. So I am going to be like, do not disturb for three hours, looking at how to properly look at archives. Oh, I'm excited for you. That's fun. Yeah, I'm excited. And then I know you're watching Love is Blind. Mm, I am. I'm currently, I'm so booked and busy right now because I have Zoom. I'm Zoom buying. I'm watching Love is Blind and Love Island All Stars is on. And I'm finally caught up. I have to tell you the most insane thing. I mean, I screen recorded it so that I could giggle when I'm having a rough day about the shit that this girl said on Love Island UK. Basically, there was like a recoupling, there was drama, and this girl was so upset. And so her boyfriend said, <laughs> he said, I want you to like, like, what are you grateful for? What makes you happy? Please, you have to listen to this. It's so fucking funny. Okay, you ready? Yeah. What are you grateful for then? I'm grateful for my natural long hair. So Seth and I, on repeat in this house, have been like, I'm grateful for my natural long hair. It's just fucking outrageous. That's so funny. So, I... yes, I'm watching, sorry, in short, I'm watching Love is Blind and I'm watching Love Island constantly. I came back into the reality TV game. I'm back. Okay. So i dipping my toes again. With this Are you watching Love is Blind? No, I'm watching The Bachelor, and I'm really upset that you're not watching this season, because I think you would absolutely eat up this season. 
so fucking good. And if you ever watched Hannah B's season, this is like the Bachelor version of Hannah Brown's Bachelorette season. I'm not watching, but I am listening to the chicks recap. So I know what's going on. So like I'm in tune with what's happening and how we're reading this girl for filth because she just keeps saying that everybody's gaslighting her. Like I'm in tune with that, but I'm not watching it. Yeah. So this is a very good season. So I'm dipping my toe and back to the reality TV. Are you going to watch Love is Blind? Maybe, maybe. Because people have been saying that this season is outrageous. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I just need to know. Listen, the Love is Blind producers, I need one of our listeners to go on this show. I Where do they find these people? <laughs> like, where are they hiding? They take the most fucking criminally insane people and put them on TV and we just watch it. I, I think I want to watch it. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I might start. I think you should. That's really all I've been doing. All I read was this book. I don't know if you read. Did you read anything else? I sure did. Let me let me go down. <laughs> let me go down a bender. Number one, I finally finished Crescent series. Okay, my and I know this doesn't apply to you, but you're like adjacent because I've told you everything that goes on in these books. Yes. Like true to fashion, I call you up and I'm like, listen to what's going on. Okay. The end of the second book in this series was two years ago. So people had two years to like reflect and come up with all these theories and all this crazy shit, right? I didn't have two years to reflect. So I think because I just read the next one immediately, it was more enjoyable because I couldn't be disappointed. I didn't have two years to like build up an expectation for a sequel, if that makes sense. So I liked the final book of Crescent series or Crescent City. I'm cool with it. It was good. We read this book, which we're talking about. I think I gave this four or five stars. Enjoyed it. But Tessa Bailey has this new golf book. I have never loved books so much. It's my new favorite book. I'm obsessed. Is it your new favorite book? It's my new favorite book. I'm literally obsessed with it. It is the best book she's ever written. I just got, I get notification alerts from Casey Musgraves. Do you? Mm Mm-hmm. So her and Sydney Sweeney are hosting Saturday Night Live together. On March 2nd. I was like, I have to tell Sav this. I was like, I have to tell Sav this. March 2nd, Sydney Sweeney and Casey Musgraves. I'm going to have to, like, touch some grass. Is it on your calendar? (laughs) I'll be watching. Do you think she's going to, like, sing a song from the new album that she hasn't released yet? I think so. I think that would be a power move. I think that is an opportunity for her, too. I have such an obsession with Casey Musgraves. She's released her vinyl in, like, all these cool patterns. I bought three of I have pre-ordered three of a vinyl that I have not even heard yet. Like, for an album that I have not even heard yet. You've seen her, right? So many times. So many times. <laughs> I'm already, like, Seth, we have to pay down the travel credit card because I know once this tour comes out, like, this is my era store. Like, granted, I did go to the era store, but this is my era store. And I need to go several times. Like, one time is not going to be enough. I say, I support it. You know what? Like, you just got to have those people that you fucking ride for. And, like, I ride yep. for Casey Musgraves, and that's okay. 
The thing is, music is like, you can't put a price tag on the happiness that music provides. You can't put a price tag on happiness, period, end of. And this okay. is our problem. This is where we get into a little This bit is when I texted Sav and I went shopping one day and I spent $600. And Sav said, you can't put a price on happiness. I said, Slay Queen, do your thing. Like, this is why we don't need to enable one another. Because we just feel like, yeah, book that trip. Fuck your job. Who cares? <laughs> happiness is the most important thing. <laughs> But I'm glad you liked Tessa's new book. That is next on my list. Like, it's already downloaded. Tessa's new book is about, like, being a fangirl and fucking riding for the shit that you ride for, too. So it perfectly ties in. I'm obsessed with her. She also responded to me on the podcast Instagram three times yesterday. So I was, like, taking deep breaths. I texted Sav, and I was like, you and Tessa are becoming best We're friends! Like... Like, that's fucking cool. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I just love her. They're celebrities in our eyes. Like, my Tessa Bailey is a celebrity. My pyramid right now is like Casey Musgraves, Tessa Bailey. Like, all the people are happening in my life at once. And that's craziness. They said, Happy Spring. Happy Spring. First of all, I saw a TikTok last night of Puxtatani Phil. You oh my gosh, so many of them have. I saw one where it's like they have him behind um, jail and it's the cop soundtrack. <laughs> like, this motherfucker lied and they're putting him behind bars, which is so funny. I woke up this morning. So now in Atlanta, it's like 30s in the mornings and 60s in the afternoons. So I woke up this morning around like a. I checked my phone and it said flurries in the next 25 minutes <laughs> i said what what the fuck see my problem because i'm a little bit further south than you is that it's cold in the morning so i'm like wearing my uggs and like a little sweater to work and by the time i'm coming home i'm like i'm gonna have to take my shirt off and ride home in my bra like i'm just fucking sweating <laughs> no, i wore uggs yesterday and i said i think it's time to put the uggs away for the season putting these uggs away is gonna hurt my soul because i've worn them every day for like <laughs> four months and you know I have the big platform Uggs today I walked into work first of all I love working with all men because I just love to non-stop give people shit and I know that that's what they love to do like it's just a good energy cycle so I walked into work and one of the guys was like damn I don't even recognize you because you're so tall you got them damn shoes (laughs) I was like you didn't know you were in the presence of a giant (laughs) like it was just so that's funny that's funny he was like look at you go reaching shit on the top cabinet (laughs) okay should we get into it yeah that's really all i have i think i could sit here and talk about nothing for like another two and a half hours so i'll just (laughs) cut myself off okay so getting into 1111 by michaela smeltzer Michaela is an author from Northern Virginia. Her two dogs, Ollie and Remy, are her constant companions. As a kidney transplant recipient, she's dedicated to raising awareness around the effects of kidney disease, dialysis, and transplants, as well as educating people on living donation. When she's not writing, you can catch her with her nose buried in a book. Books by Smeltzer include the Wildflower Duet, the Boys series, and the Game Plan. Today, we're talking about 1111 which follows the reverse age gap love story of Reed and Via. And this week's dedication is for the girlies who love a man in glasses. You're welcome. 
So getting into the plot, Sophia had worked her whole life to have the life her parents wanted her to have, which included being a lawyer and married to Chase. At 32, Via did not expect to find herself getting divorced and quitting her job as a lawyer. To start off fresh, Via moved across country to a small town called Parkerville, where she bought an apartment in an art studio downstairs. In her effort to start fresh and do more things for herself, she finds herself at the local bar. Hearing noises in the back, Via turns and instantly locks eyes with Reed. The two start to flirt when they learn that Via is 11 years older than Reed, but that didn't stop them from having a very steamy one-night stand. The catch is that the two realize that they have feelings for each other, and Via even tries to escape their feelings by going on a date, which happened to be with Reed's dad. Reed and Via realize that they don't want to stay away from each other, and as the two continue their relationship, they also grow as people and both find a home with each other and in Parkerville. Okay, I gave this four stars. I just really enjoyed this, even though there were a lot of really tough conversations that we were tackling here. Um, infertility, which is talked about a lot. This whole concept of like moving on and changing your path, even if you feel like you're already well-established. Um, and then the conversations too around like challenging expectations with your family. And then of course, the reverse age gap. I really loved all of the dynamics here too. The relationship that Via had with Izzy, her sister, was like probably my favorite love story in this because they kind of like at the beginning, they're kind of estranged and then they like grow closer together and feel more connected and she becomes her person that she can turn to. So I really loved that. First of all, the, <laughs> the getting with someone you're dating a man and then you end up with his son was a power move and I loved that whole plot line I was thankful for that um and I also really enjoyed Reed's whole family dynamic too of like his mom dying and then his sister being in an abusive relationship and then them supporting her and then his like dynamic that he had with his dad too so overall just like really this was beautiful. Like everything about this came together nicely. It was well de well developed. All the characters had like really good arcs. And so I'm thankful for that. I want to talk a little bit about the like tough conversations that we had because this is like, we are not, a, we are not serious. Emily and I can be serious for about 12 minutes a day. <laughs> and then we kind of derail. But um, I think I think I've shared that like infertility is something that I am struggling with currently. And so I just really, this was done really delicately and I really appreciated that. But at one point she says, it wasn't my fault, my inability to get pregnant or stay pregnant, but that doesn't make it, doesn't make the losses easier to cope with. It's impossible to be prepared for the anger that comes with, that comes when one's body commits such a betrayal, when it refuses to participate in what's seemingly the most basic experience a woman goes through. Like, I just think that she summarized really well what so many people are feeling and what so many people struggle with. And so I really appreciated that. Um, the only criticism and why I didn't give this five stars, I felt like we, like, beat a dead horse a little bit. Like, we we were really going on about, like, our struggles. And I'm not trying to say that you can't be going through shit. But, like, at some point in a book, if I'm reading your story, I want us to, like, move on. <laughs> 
no I agree I was like I think we're beating the horse too much and then it was just like it just happened so quick oh like, everything was quick? just like I think everything was just like boom 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 and then epilogue married with two kids okay okay let me I'm I'm gonna push back because okay. Crescent City the third book that I read that was 900 goddamn pages long What's the span of one week? That 900 page book was seven motherfucking days. I was like, what the fuck? So this, because you get like, she moves there in August and then you get like little glimpses of the fall and then you get Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and like March and April. So I appreciated that it felt like it was pretty well developed. And I also enjoyed that there wasn't really like a third stage breakup at all. It was just like a continuation of their relationship developing and like experiencing roadblocks, which I'm always so thankful for when authors do that and we don't have to suffer through some stupid bullshit. <laughs> but the the thing that did it for me personally that like we went on a little bit was the age gap because I didn't think it was a big fucking deal. No, and I actually like the reverse age gap. I yes, usually you not like an a normal age gap. Not an age gap girly. But I liked this age gap. I think it's really because Reed was a motherfucking king. He was a king. That was king behavior that he experienced and he exhibited the entire time. He was so reassuring to her every step of the way. And she was like really anxious, which I think, I don't know that everybody can agree, but I think that most people can relate to of her just like constantly stressing out and like worrying about things. And so he would say, like, this doesn't have to be a big deal. Like, this is okay. We're we're totally fine. We're going to continue as normal for things that, like, really didn't have to be a big deal. And then when things were a big deal, he was like, okay, this is a big fucking deal. Let's make a game plan and let's, like, move forward. He was so mature. He was so... <sighs> he was perfect, I think. I have no qualms with Reed. I thought he was a goddamn delight. <laughs> So I gave this book four stars because this book to me was like a fresh a breath of air. Like it had me giggling and like kicking my feet the whole time. Like this book was like a book. I just, I just thought it was a really good book. Um, Via, I think, was a fantastic female main character in my eyes. And I love how she was so unapologetically herself and was like, I'm going to start out fresh. I will find love. I'm going to do me. Like, I personally, there's nothing I hate more than eating by myself in public. Like, when Via was going, like, all these places and wanting to, like, try it herself, I'm like, that is just, like, very badass, in my opinion. Like, when her ex-husband came to visit, she did not cower. She told him off. She said, bye. And I was like, you know, you go, girl. Because I probably would have crumbled. I really liked Reed. He has to be the most mature 21-year-old to ever exist even though it's like a fictional okay like he has to be like the most mature 21 year old like the things that he was saying like this man's frontal lobe developed early he really cared and loved via and cared about like those in his life like the way that he cared about his sister and his niece which is like really heartwarming to see and i love the aspect of the girls like her friendship with her sister but i really like the girls in the girls book club like, it really was a community, and um, it really just made me giggle and smile a lot. Like, Via was just so happy, and she got the happy ending that she wanted. I also really like the talks about fertility. They were hard, because that is a very hard topic. But I think that the author did it in such a tasteful way, and that she highlighted adoption 
and the epilogue and like that was really refreshing to see because these books like really press like pregnancy and like having kids is like the only way when there are so many ways to have kids so I like in the epilogue when she was like I could have done all these tests and done more things but like there's other ways to like have a family um I really like two um quotes in this book is that I like that Reed didn't shut Via down whenever she like would mention Chase and he said, you can talk about him. I don't mind. He's in your past and I fully plan on being in your future. And then um, one of my favorite scenes, like quotes that came out of this was Avia is a painter. So when she was painting Reed and she started describing him in colors. So she goes, Reed is a vibrant splash of the color in the dull landscape that is my life. And she starts to list like how he is red, which is passion and energy and like blue is like friendly and yellow is because he has a generous soul. And she ends it with, and every color in between streaked across my blank white canvas. I also loved the, like, artistic nature of this, too. How he calls her angel, and so she draws some angel wings, and then he, like, gets it tattooed. Like, there was just, like, such a sweet, and she's, like, building this art studio where people can come and, like, do art. So I just really loved that, too. Yeah, and I just think that they both just had, like, a very great way with words I think because you brought it up how Reed was such a mature 21 year old I think that we should maybe reminisce on the types of 21 year olds that we've been able to experience (laughs) oh my god (laughs) because (laughs) when I was 21 I have, unfortunately, so many battles. The <laughs> one that really sticks out to me is that when I was 21, I was so in love with the man that he went on a vacation with another girl and I watched his dog. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Um, I also have a few really bad ones. You have some really <laughs> great choices. <laughs> Um, I had one that my friends called baloney. I don't know if that, that should definitely say something. And, um, he was kind of the one where like, I don't want you to date other guys, but like, he was like, but I'm still going to see other girls. And as, um, Sav and one of our best friends, Ashley was at Bonnaroo and I was walking their dogs. Um, I saw his car at, um, another girl's house Mm -hmm. and I woke up to a DM from an anonymous Instagram account. called fuck copper beach and it says be aware they are like snakes among the like wolves Mm -hmm. and that was all that it was Mm -hmm. and it pertained to that situation Mm -hmm. and then there was another one where it was like the classic scenario where it's like oh don't worry she's just like my best friend that happens to be a girl but now they're engaged and have a baby so (laughs) I was so surprised you didn't mention Tylenol Boy. Oh, yeah. There is Tylenol Boy, who happened to be Sav's neighbor. He was who happened to be Sav's neighbor. He had ACL surgery. And so, like, I go over here, ask, like, bring you some snacks, wherever. And he, like, wants to, like, kiss me. But he took Advil. And I'm deathly allergic to Advil. So, I was like, no. And so, he said, you could leave. So... <laughs> But, you know, there is growth because now when my boyfriend found out that I was allergic to Advil, he threw all the Advil away in his house. He sure did. So, 
that's the, the growth. Yeah, some men at 21 are emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent and in touch with your needs. And some men at 21, you send them nudes and they ghost you and you never hear from them. And to this day, you try to find them on social media, can't anywhere. <laughs> I never found him. I think he gave me a false name. <laughs> but I think, I think being in college and having, that's a rite of passage. Because that builds Agreed. character like no other. Agreed. Agreed. But wouldn't it have been nice? <laughs> like, to yeah, it would have. It would have. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would have. I mean, like, to a certain extent, Via got, like, a little bit of it, too. But, like, granted, she was just, <laughs> like, well, no, he cheated on her. I was going to say she was just in a loveless marriage. But, no, there was the whole no. cheating and dating cheat. situation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was a piece of shit. Yep. Yeah, my 21-year-old's kept me from dating for five years, so. <laughs> I had a 21-year-old man pee on me, and then I said I was never <laughs> going to date men again, and then I'm outside. <laughs> my last single person, as as a single person, the last person I slept with. Sab was one of the very few people that could find a very normal, nice boy in Statesboro, Georgia. I did find a very normal, nice boy in Statesboro, Georgia. <sighs> I just thought that would be fun. Like, oh, yeah, just a little, this sweet 21-year-old man, look what he's up to. And look what we fucking endured. Yeah, the opposite experience of Via. 100%. And that's okay. We're doing our best. <laughs> so one thing that this book did have that took us by surprise was that it was spicy. So I gave it one and a half peppers. How many peppers did you give it? I gave it two peppers. So It was hot. It was hot. It was unexpectedly hot, which I was pleased by, but I said this earlier, Michaela Smeltzer can write a fucking man. Okay, so I have one scene that I would like to discuss, and and maybe one more, but I'm going to start us at the initial one-night stand, because I think that's where we need to begin, and... She's uh, Via says it's the way every woman hopes to be looked at by a man like an object of pure desire something to be worshipped not possessed you taste so good Via you have no idea my whole body hums at the compliment I, jo- I jolt when his fingers join the party stroking my folds you're so wet for me already all this just for me he pulls his fingers away and brings them to my lips suck the request is filthy the idea of tasting myself is strange don't get shy on me now, he coaxes. Not when my tongue has been all over the sweet pussy. Good girl. Heart racing, I open my mouth and suck his fingers clean like he requested. Good girl, he growls, biting his lip to contain his victorious smile. Hot. 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 I love a good girl king. The other thing that I would like to discuss is that I can't find the exact quote still. Take two. When she goes on a date with his dad and he finds out and he says, it's fine that you went on a date with him because I can fuck you better than he ever could. Sir, (laughs) you are 21 years old and he didn't lie. He didn't stutter, but so hot. And his whole thing was like, I'm going to ruin you for any other man. And he did. And to go off that scene that Sal was saying. She got upset that Via decided to go on this date, right? So she goes, so it's like in her point of view. Suddenly he's right in front of me, hand loosely around my throat. 
He tilts my head back, forcing me to meet his stare. Subconsciously, you wanted this, wanted me to show you how much better I can pleasure you than any other man. Scream my name, Angel. I'm the one doing this to you. I'm the one bringing you pleasure. Give me the credit I fucking deserve. He thrusts into me harder and harder with each commanding word until I'm a shaking, delirious mess. You know I love a oh god and they say like oh it's me like yeah. <laughs> scream my name because i'm your god that shit gets to me every fucking time yes he was like give me the credit like scream my name another scene that's so hot is when he's like telling her what to do basically so he says turn around via put your hands on the wall spread your legs i nearly jump when his finger goes down my spine stopping just before he reaches my ass, then his touch disappears. I hold my breath in anticipation of where he'll touch me next. Such a good girl, he croons. A sharp pain erupts in my right butt cheek, pulling a startled scream from me. Can I take a picture, he asks, his tone soft. I want to draw this later. Imagine, can you imagine a man saying that to you? You know what I think is like low-key hot? This is trailer park hot. I'm putting it out there. If I bit Seth's ass cheek and then got it tattooed, that is so trailer park. No, that's a trend. That's a trend. Girlfriends are going with their boyfriends to the tattoo parlor and biting parts of their body and they're getting their bite marks tatted. Would you do that or get that on you? Because I would in a heartbeat. I would do it for the for the guy, but I wouldn't get it tattooed on me. You're not trying to be trashy with me. You're not trying to be trailer park on with me. <laughs> but yeah, that is a trend. That's fucking hot. He said, can I take a picture? I want to draw this later. And then there is um, one more scene. So he ends up getting something tattooed on him <laughs> that she drew, right? And so he goes, Via, I groan her name. Don't mock me. She grins. I'm not mocking you. I'm mocking him. She pokes again. She's like referring to like his dick. Via, if you're not nice to him, then. And she's like, then what? And he says she challenges with a glint of her eye. Then I'm going to shove my cock down your throat and make you be nice. Okay. So she's like, you know, she's like, you know what? Okay. Let's see if you actually follow through. So he goes, I do as I threaten and I shove my cock in her mouth, holding her head steady with one hand in her head. I fuck her mouth. Period. Period. It's always good to ask for consent, but two things I don't think women are going to say no to. One, someone fucking their mouth. Two, a little light choking. We're always going to say yes. Always. (laughs) Like, make sure you ask first, and you don't have to, like, cut off my air circulation, but, like, a little choking goes a long way. (laughs) Yeah, so it was hot. Unexpectedly hot. I really thought that there could have been, there was gonna be some spice between the dad also, but we did not get that. But I really thought that was gonna happen. I'm like not mad about it because apparently the entire next book is about the dad and the sister. Mm-hmm. So, which I kind of saw that coming. Just because I saw it coming doesn't mean that I like it. <laughs> it's incestuous for me. Again. The family tree is a square. The family tree is a circle. Like, there is no tree. It's a diamond. Like, it's too incestuous. It's just too incestuous for me. But will I be reading? Yes. Immediately. I will be reading. 
I morally disagree with this, but I have it on pre-order. Don't worry. <laughs> we are. So it was spicing, unexpected, but it was some good, nice, normal sex. Um, but getting into the discussion question. So Via picked up her life, moved across the country, quit her job, new place, everything. So sad. If you had to completely start all over, which state would you move to? I struggle with this because I love so much where I live now. So if I was starting over, like really, I think I'd move to Charleston, which is about like a blip up the the coast from where I am now. Um, But I just love being on the beach or maybe like in New York City. That's the only other thing that I can think of is I either want to be on the coast or I want to be like in the city being a city girl. I can really see you being in New York, but also can see you being in Charleston because I know how much you love being in Savannah. Yeah. So it could go either way. What about you? I am between two. I'm between Maine and then Wyoming. And it is because of the Eden series, the Yeehaw Small Town Country series that got me. It's like I really could move to like a place like Wyoming, have a little coffee shop where I could teach at the local school. And then I've always wanted to move up like Northeast. So I really think it would be Wyoming or Maine. I can see both. I love that these little cowboy romances have got us like, what if we move to Wyoming? Hear me out. So I'm saying, as I said, like we should do a girl's trip to Wyoming. We should. We should Yellowstone that motherfucker all the way up. Like that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I was like, that's where we should do. Forget like the beach. Let's girls trip to Wyoming. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's get on some horses. Let's steal some shit. You know what I mean? Let's, let's become outlaws. I don't fucking know. <laughs> if you, okay, so if you could start over, because she was like a lawyer. So she not only moves, but she like changes her whole career path and like changes everything. So if you could completely change jobs, what else would you do? I think if I had to completely change jobs, I really do love like teaching and stuff. But if I had to change jobs, I think I would go into like event planning or go into the publishing like business. Yeah, I think I would want to be an author. That's a good one. You'd be a good author. But like I could be an author now, but like I don't have time to just like write a book. So time consuming. How do these girls do it? Like, some of these people are just, like, cranking out shit left and right. And I'm like, does your brain ever stop? That's why I wonder about, like, the, some of the book talk talkers, like, the book influencers. I was like, do y'all not ever just get tired? <laughs> are you tired? If you so. write a smutty book, do you do it under, like, a pseudonym? Or do you just, like... I'm hard launching. <laughs> I'm hard launching. I don't care. Because me, I personally, that is how come I've always said, because people are always like, why don't you go like work like a high like government job with like the, like my masters and stuff. And it's like, because I, I'm a yapper. How am I supposed to keep what I do for life secret? Me personally, I just couldn't be able to. (laughs) So, so yeah, if I do have a pen name, but everybody's going to know it's me. (laughs) Only if you tell them. But you're saying you're a yapper. You can't keep it in. Yeah, I can't keep it in. How would you do it? It's crazy because people are like, yeah, you should work for the government. I'm like, do you think the government would Google us and find this whole little fun repertoire of everything that we fucking say? 
Yes. So like you wouldn't you wouldn't be hired. <laughs> you wouldn't be like we no longer wish to hire this person. Well, I also think it depends because if you know somebody that is looking to get a security clearance, they interview the shit out of everybody that you know. Dude, my fucking RA, my freshman year, I had to do an a whole interview. And he was like, yeah, what can you tell me about this person? I was like, honestly, I've been drunk like four out of the six months that he's lived here. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I did do that for somebody recently and I started getting sweaty. Like, I started talking. getting nervous. So our, fr- like, our friends would be like, they got this podcast. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, yes. <laughs> so the thing about these two is that they should never be allowed to be in charge of anything. Okay, I have one more question. And it's less, I think, of a question, more of a rant. Because what the fuck was wrong with her parents? I would never talk to them. They really reminded me of Emily and Richard and some parts of Gilmore Girls. I would just be like, "You, we're not, we're not, we're not friends. We're not talking. We're not friends. Like, we're no longer speaking. You gave my ex-husband who cheated on me and, like, got a whole ass other bitch pregnant my address. And he showed up unannounced. That's crazy. And they were mean to her sister. They were so mean to Izzy. Like, Izzy got her blogging to the point, like, where she needed to hire an assistant. And they were just so mean about Izzy's blogging stuff. Like, they were mean to everybody. You brought nothing. You contributed nothing to the story. Go home. Yeah. I was just, like, and that's, like, how I like that Izzy and Via's, like, relationship got stronger. Because I do feel like the parents did somehow strain Izzy and Via's, like, relationship. Like, Via was saying how she, like, doesn't want to, like, tell her sister some of the stuff that her parents were telling her. And, like, they, like, well, it's, like, why would we travel to, like, come see you? Like, they were just, like, bitches. Yeah. Annoying. I hated them. Not necessary. Nope. Okay. Getting into our favorite part of this podcast, which is how we view Reed. I texted Emily this, like, about halfway through. It clicked for me that I think that Reed was maybe modeled a little bit after Dr. Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. So I then pictured him as Matthew Gray Goobler for the rest of the book. But I needed a Matthew May- a Matthew Gray Goobler with like a little bit of meat on his bones. <laughs> if Matthew Gray Goobler started hitting the gym, that was how I pictured Reed. I also think that like every single anniversary holiday birthday christmas party like he was planning everything to the t like this man lives and breathes to serve you and to make sure that you are happy and so i think that he'd be planning everything he's planning out the laws i also think that like he's the type of guy that's like getting up in the morning and going and getting your coffee from somewhere he's not just brewing a pot like he's seeking out a florist that has your favorite type of niche flower because he knows it would make you smile. Like he's going the extra fucking mile and never cutting a corner to making you happy. And I can also picture him like in the kitchen cooking, like doing his little thing there. He would never let you go to bed angry, which I think is really so sexy because he's able to like communicate and like talk it out. And so you never go to bed mad. So I pictured him as Stephen Coletti, who also played Chase in One Tree Hill. I think Reed could be mayor of the town. Like, his whole purpose is to, like, serve you and, like, serve others, like, make people's lives easier. Anything in the house breaks, 
Rita's there to fix. Hundred percent. Like he is the handyman. Like he is fixing everything. I do really think he is wearing the matching Lulu in the backwards hat and going on a run in the mornings. <laughs> you guys definitely have a few dogs. I feel like he's definitely the cat guy too. Like you'll have a cat. Um, he's even celebrating Groundhog Day. Like he is just a nice guy, and that like you will never have to stress about anything in your life because he will handle it for you. Agreed. Agreed. He's a nice boy. I love that we're back with the matching Lulu because I missed him. He was out of the picture for a while. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like Reed really would wear the matching Lulu and the backwards would. hat. Yeah. Because you bought it for him and he'd be like, okay. And he'd put on anything that you give him. Yeah. Like when she when she goes to book club and wants to have three marks, no problem. He's picking you up. He's, trying, he's trying dropping the friend off on the way home. 100%. And I think with that, we got to get in. With this nice boy mentality, we have to get into the, the boyfriend pyramid. So we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramids. So you have friends with benefits. This could be like a one night stand, could be longer. It was what Reed and Via were supposed to be. Then you have meet the parents. So he could be the one or he could not be the one. You guys, he is just the right guy for that time. And then you have the white picket fence where you guys are living in this small town. You guys are in like suburbia. You're going to like the bingo night. Like you guys are having the suburbia life. And at the top of the top, which is some extra oomph, is just God tier where they are just the total package and some. So Sav, where are you putting Reed? I am personally, <laughs> I'm putting Reed, I think at like upper echelon of meet the fam or like lower white picket fence which sounds so fucked up because we just talked about how nice he was and how much he'd love you and take care of you it was just giving vanilla it was i needed a little bit more he only took her that one time and i just i needed a little bit more yeah um i've been at white picket fence like he takes you to applebee's he is like i don't know he's just like the thing is, like, I need somebody once, like, I need somebody to tell me no, bring me back from La La Land. Like, I'm like, but Reed is not doing that. Mm-mm. He's giving us whatever we want, which is not good. But yeah, so spend about $4,000 in 12 minutes. Like, yeah, we need, we need some ground. I need to be told, room. like, no a few times. So, and he's, Reed is not doing that. I need you to expand on this. He's taking you to Applebee's. I don't know how to explain it, but you guys are going to Applebee's. <laughs> I really don't know how to explain it. But yeah, he's giving Applebee's. He's giving Applebee's. I think that we should take the boyfriend pyramid and instead of it being meet the fam, it's Applebee's. And then white picket fence would be like Olive <laughs> Like Olive Garden. One step above. You guys are going to Tuscany. And God tears motherfucking chilies. <laughs> like you, like it's like I just can't imagine. No hate if somebody who's listening really likes Applebee's. Yeah, I just can't, can't imagine having. I just can't imagine having like a very long car day and wanting to go out to dinner. <laughs> like we're going down. Emily, people can't help it if they live in the middle of fucking nowhere. All they have is Applebee's. No, that would send All me. you have is Applebee's. <laughs> that's different. But if you got options, you cannot be going to Applebee's. No. But you can be going to Chili's. And that's yeah. the hill I'm willing to die on. Yeah, if that, I'm texting Sad. Let's look at what this motherfucker is trying to do. 
What's below Applebee's? Crystals. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like if we're doing the bottom tier, you can't put Chick-fil-A. You can't put Waffle House. I'm not even going to put McDonald's. I think you could put Waffle House. That's a man? Slander. That's some slander. I don't know because it's about the experience, right? A man is probably dicking you down in a very, <laughs> in a white trash hot type of way if he's taking you to Waffle House. Yeah. So that, that's how I, I view him as you're going to Applebee's. Mm. Well, there's that. I hope, I hope Brett is not an Applebee's fan. He's going to report our podcast. Oh my God, Brett's about to have a fucking field day. <laughs> Applebee's, if you were willing to sponsor us, we could look past this. You just let me know. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of The Spice Rack. Because we talked about our homie Brett, if y'all could leave us a five-star review because he's really still keeping us down and the girlies are trying to thrive. So follow us on Instagram at Spice Rack Pod. Leave us a five-star review. If you're not going to leave us a five-star review, maybe just like keep it to yourself. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, and we hope they all enjoyed this episode oh. and this book. Sabi, um, what are we reading next week? Oh, and next week we are going to read Fangirl Down by Tessa Bailey, which if you have negative things to say about this book, keep it to yourself. I'm not interested because it's so good and I cannot wait to talk about it and I cannot wait for Emily to read it. Because you said it's like Tessa's back. We got old school Tessa. Tessa is fucking back. I think this is her best book she's ever written. I'm pumped. It's already downloaded. Also, I'm putting my finger guns up because everyone needs to say happy birthday to Emily because by the time we record next, she will be a year older. So we'll recap her birthday, but happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Pisces season. So I'm excited. This will be, fingers crossed, um, different experience than last year. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sal will not be taking a cab at three in the morning. If you were here last year for Emily's birthday, I took about 27 <laughs> lemon drop shots to celebrate her 27th birthday. And as we get older, my body cannot be doing that anymore. <laughs> and we were hung over shit the next day watching the new Magic Mike movie. So. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, we were. We were supposed to record and we could not. I was shoving that popcorn, so I did throw I threw up in a movie theater bathroom after Emily's birthday at Magic Mike with my mom. Okay. Okay. Love you guys. Bye.